0: Broadcasting live from Las Vegas, Nevada. It's that groovy little podcast that gives you a first person look into what it's like to call Sin City your home. It's the Living in Las Vegas podcast. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, kids. Here we go. Look out. Well, well, well. Welcome, everybody, to the Living in Las Vegas podcast here on the Vegas Video Network.
1: Hey, thank
0: you, guys. And hey, congratulations, because you're watching or listening to the longest-running podcast about Vegas that actually originates in Vegas, which means that it does not matter whether you are a tourist or a local, or somebody, for example, like we've got in the live chat, who's moving to Vegas shortly. This show's like your own secret handshake to all things cool and groovy. Now, our free show is on the first and third Tuesday of every month at VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. What time? 7 o'clock Pacific time vegasvideonetwork.com forward slash live come on over be a part of the live chat some very very groovy people hanging out what do we got right now we got Huron designer and guy at indie and bob vegas oh my god he's not been around oh it's so good to have him back and ozzy dave all kinds of groovy people hanging out and here's the thing they get some inside scoopy stuff so We've been doing some pre show, kind of catching up on things, answering a few questions about, for example, what bars to go see. So they get to watch the putting together of the show. And then after we're done, usually around eight o'clock or so, we do VVN 2.0 or Vegas Video Network After Dark, where um, we talk about stuff that we wanted to share with people, but we simply did not want to have on the record. So again, VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Well, hello, I'm your host, Scott Whitney. Konnichiwa Buenas noches. How you doing, hot stuff? I am the founder. Of the vegas video network so on behalf of all of our shows here thanks for checking us out and on behalf of this groovy little podcast thanks for playing along as well all right let's get started (music) now one of my favorite gigs for the uh, live stream las vegas business that i run is a gig with the las vegas global economic alliance lvgea they do this thing every year called perspective And it's an opportunity for lots and lots of business folks to gather around and and get, wait for it, perspective on the business world that we find ourselves in. So this year, there was about 650 or so people. We were down at South Point. Uh, Good group, interesting stuff. So one speaker talked about how to be a super boss. And one speaker talked about how to deal with millenniums. Because apparently they're difficult to deal with but my favorite thing is learning about um how we're doing economically from a from a business perspective from a a lifestyle perspective from how's things going when it comes to making a living here or not it's pretty cool stuff and um as we all know it's been up and down quite a bit here over the last well since i've been here since 2005 uh, but there's this one guy who comes in every year. His name's Jeremy, and let me make sure I get his last name right, uh, Aguero. He's a principal analyst for a company called Applied Analysis. And Jeremy comes in here and just simply crushes us. That's Jeremy right there. And, and his talk, this was a couple weeks ago now, basically suggested that Southern Nevada's economy is outperforming the nation so that's what I want to be talking about today is Nevada's economy the best in the country let's find out and I want to talk about the things that I think are important to those of us who live in Las Vegas Southern Nevada or for those who are considering moving here which as you'll see in a minute is quite a few people so the very first thing I want to talk about is the thing that I think motivates everybody and that of course is unemployment. If you look here, this is the unemployment numbers, uh, actually the initial unemployment insurance claims uh, here in Nevada. And as you can see here, back in 2000, we had 15,100 claims. And then in 2019, we have 9,383. And if you look at 2009, you saw that's when all hell broke loose thirty six thousand four hundred initial unemployment insurance claims now here's why this chart is especially interesting in two or i'm sorry in in, in two thousand we had fifteen thousand but this year we've had nine thousand but what's interesting about that as is, is this year we have twice as many people employed as we did in uh, nine thousand or sorry in two thousand so that means that Our 9,000 people here is probably more like 4,500 people back in 2000. So the difference there is huge. Um, And we're seeing that now. Um, We've had this guy talk at at previous uh, gatherings, and he has basically said that we are at what is referred to as zero unemployment, meaning that everybody who wants a job has a job. And what that means from a business perspective, a hiring perspective, is that it's much harder to find great candidates because great candidates are being heavily recruited. So, if you have a skill set, and I'm going to show you where um, these jobs are coming from in a minute here, but if you got a certain skill set, you're in a good place right now here in Las Vegas. Next up, let's talk about job growth, or what I probably should say is the ranking of our growth here. So, this shows us what we've been doing again since 2000 so back in 2003 2004 and 2005 you can see that we were number one by the way this is the year that i moved we bought our house our first house in 2003 we took possession in 2004 and then we eventually moved here in 2005. and as you can see here uh, those years we were the number one uh, state in the country when it came to job growth, we're number one. Pretty exciting uh, until we get to ni- two thousand six and two thousand seven, and then you see in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and two thousand ten, we were number fifty. In other words, we were the very last company or uh, uh, state when it comes to job growth, and it was it, it was Armageddon here, man. It, I, I've never seen ever something so unpleasant to be around i mean people were losing houses i have two good friends both of them lost their house during that time and i've never seen anything like that before and as a reminder we may talk about this again and i think one out of every 126 houses back then was i think in foreclosure i think 75 80 percent of all houses were underwater meaning we all owed more than it was worth It wasn't a great time uh, to be running around here. But as we go back and look at, uh, let me just take this like this, get out of the way, you'll see we're back to number one. So in 2018 and 2019 year to date, we are the number one growth state in the country. So again, people are beginning to come back to Vegas. They've been doing so really since 2000. Well, in 2013, we went from, Well, 2010, we were 50th, at 11, we were 33rd, 12, we were 12, in 2013, we were number four, and we've been four, two, three, five, and now we're in the first place again. So it's coming back. Uh, But it seems to me that it's more stable than it was, yeah. So we've got Malia in the live chat saying that she bought in two thousand eight. Two thousand eight was a rough time, right? And we we're going to see some of the housing information a little bit later. But two thousand eight was was basically Armageddon here. <laughs> it was a it was in essence a shit show. Next, I want to talk a little bit about the job sectors, and this really surprised me a lot. If you look at the chart, and again, for those of you who are listening, you're probably going to want to just up the video of this just so you can see visually what i'm talking about here but i'll walk you through it a little bit Uh, Nevada job sector growth last 12 months so the in the last 12 months we've added 44,300 jobs uh, which is a 3.2 percent improvement over the last 12 months before that what are the top three job classifications or job growth areas in Nevada Well, number one is construction. Over the past 12 months, we've added 12,600 jobs. That's over 1,000 jobs a month. And I will tell you, this is the the siren song that's happening now from Jeremy when he was talking. He's been saying this for a year now is that they do not have enough construction people. Not surprising given what's being built here, including the Raiders Stadium. Uh, There's construction happening everywhere again. So if you're in the construction business, I would argue this is a pretty good place to hang out. Uh, Number two, though, which is surprising to me, uh, is the professional and business services. 9,700 jobs added. And then manufacturing, that also surprises me a bit, at 5,600 jobs. But here's where it gets, I think, especially surprising. Ever since I've thought about Vegas, I've always thought that the number one job growth world has to be hospitality. Leisure and hospitality. I mean... (laughs) They're the biggest employers here. MGM, I think, is the biggest here. You would expect, expect, well, those guys must be doing all the hiring. They're not. If we look at the rank here, you'll see that uh, leisure and hospitality is number seven of all the places or all the areas where people are, are being hired. So construction, professional, manufacturer, trades, financial activities, education, health services, then leisure and hospitality, again, at 2,400. So what is that? Uh, 200 a month is how many people the hospitality and leisure people are bringing in a year 200 a month for companies as big as caesars and mgm uh, and and for those of you who don't live here and don't know mgm just had a bloodbath <clears throat> recently they well they announced some time ago a thing called mgm 2020 which was basically their vision of the the future i'm going to go with 2020 um, and that vision, as is the vision oftentimes for companies who want to save money, is to lay people off. You know, you know find redundancy and get rid of it. Uh, that happens all the time, of course, when people acquire folks. MGM didn't acquire anybody. They just said, they announced they were going to lay off 1,000 people. Um, they didn't. They laid off, I think it was 700. But true story. So a couple of weeks ago, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Melissa and I were sitting downtown at, at a new place. Having dinner, and who walks by but Dave and Alicia Ivy? Um, and Dave, um, uh, many of you may, may not know this, but Dave works at Mirage, or he did. Uh, he was, uh, I think he was their uh, art director. Um, for. So basically a lot of the art that you see, a lot of the posters that you see at Mirage were, were Dave's work, or he and his team. He had a team of nine people. Um, And they had this first wave of layoffs, about 250 people, I think it was, and his entire team obliterated, gone. He survived and his boss survived, but they were taken out of Mirage and moved to corporate. And he said, you know, if you'd asked me a week ago, I'd have been like, I don't wanna go to corporate. He's like, now I'm so happy I'm at corporate because he survived. Um, And then he just survived the subsequent 500 or so people that were let go as well. So big deal, super big effect on the people here in Las Vegas. And that, and that you know, bears itself out again when you see that the leisure and hospitality world is not hiring like I would have expected. But here's where it gets really interesting, and that's how much money do people make in these different job sectors? I did a show a while ago where I said that in theory, and we did the math, if you make minimum wage, full-time minimum wage, you could actually live in Las Vegas. Now, you're not going to be driving around in a Tesla, but you could live you know relatively comfortably with even a little bit of fun but you could survive not something I would recommend by the way but you could but here is how much people are making uh, in these different sectors so the average weekly wage the average weekly wage across all sectors is $908 so if you divided that by a 40 that's $22 almost $23 an hour okay But look at the construction folks, they're making on average 1153 and that's a week. So divided by 40, you're looking at 28, almost $29 an hour. If you come on down to the leisure and hospitality world, they're making on average, this is criminal compared to construction, $633 divided by 40. So your average leisure hospitality make person is not making 28 an hour. He's making almost 16 dollars an hour. Huge difference. One of the other interesting things about this graph is you look at the construction, you, you might think that they're the highest paid people. They're not. Financial activity makes more money. Uh, they're making about 1,200 dollars a week. Um, but if you go to the very bottom of that chart, there's one group who's making on average, 14,87 dollars which is divided by 40, $37 an hour, which is pretty good, right? Except that it's in mining and logging, and they are net losing jobs, as you can see there. So uh, while mining and logging sounds like a good business, which actually sounds like a shit business, uh, don't go there because you're not going to get a job. As a matter of fact, you're probably going to lose a job. All right, so we've talked a little bit about... Uh, the job world the real question is and and back in the live chat again we're getting people who are saying you know casinos pay shit And, and I think I think that bears it out there you know I think the money that used to be in casino here's the thing that was interesting when I first moved here one of the complaints about the education system here was that a lot of people didn't graduate high school and they didn't graduate high school because they didn't see a need to do so. Mom and dad are making six figures. Dad's a valet, and mom's a bartender at a nice place or a, you know, a cocktail waitress, and she's pulling in six figures. I know valet guys were pulling in that kind of money uh, because they told me after casinos started charging for valet, because as you might have guessed, their, their income just plummeted. You're gonna have charged me $14? Most people are like, well, then I'm not tipping you five. You know, go, you know, I expect you're going to get paid for that. They're not, but that's what happened. So you've got these people who, you know, these kids were like, I don't need to do that. That's all kind of changed now. Just like uh, Zach is saying in the live chat, you know, this is not a great place to be anymore. If you're going to rely on what used to be the old school way of making a living uh, as a casino uh, uh, employee. Now, I don't know what the average say blackjack dealer makes at oh I don't know uh, four queens versus say Bellagio clearly there's a difference I mean there is a pecking order there and and most people who are in that business want to work their way up like I just saw somebody who announced on Facebook they got a job as a blackjack dealer they've never been a blackjack dealer before and they and it was at a property in downtown so everybody wants to go up to, or, you know, to the Strip to work, but I, I haven't the first clue how much these guys make. Now, we've talked a little bit about the migration patterns of Americans when it comes to Las Vegas. And these patterns are still talked about quite a bit. Here, what you're seeing is where people are moving. And if you look, you'll see a map of the U.S. and you'll see states that are blue and states that are red. And the blue states are the places where people are moving to. The red states are places are leaving. I'm surprised by this in that I figured California would be a big place where people are leaving. I'm telling you that because uh, the number one state from which people move to Vegas is California. So I I was predisposed to believe that. But actually, California isn't either top or bottom. Uh, But we are number two, we are the second most popular state where people are moving to. And as a matter of fact, the top five are actually uh, on the west side and Florida. So it's basically uh, Arizona. Right, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's not Arizona. It's Nevada, Idaho, Oregon, Montana, and Florida. Those are the top five states where people are going to. And if we continue on this path, if you look at population growth by state, we are number one. As a matter of fact, Nevada's population grew by over three times the national average 2017 to 2018 so we're number one you can see idaho is also in the deep blue in this particular map and i'm going to argue it has to do again with uh lifestyle and and more importantly cost of living and quality of life you know i we're going to talk about the about california in a second But I I have a lot of friends who live in the Bay Area, for example, and I have people who I know live in in Southern California, and it's you know the state's okay. It it taxes the crap out of you, and the weather's okay. But but the truth is, it's so hard to live in just a nice house. The house that we had, we lived in a town called uh, Los Gatos uh, when we were in California, and this was a little teeny tiny house. It was nothing special. I think it was built in '66 or whatever. That is now a million-dollar house, which is just stupid. And that's what everybody in the Bay Area has to compete with. Now, there's a lot of millionaires in the Bay Area because of, you know, high-tech companies and all that good stuff, which makes it even more difficult for people who aren't in the high-tech business. But a million-dollar house at 1,500 square feet, come on. That's ridiculous. Your, your, your quality of life cannot be good. As a matter of fact, the term house poor I think should have been invented, if it hasn't been, for Bay Area people. I mean, we're seeing people who are making good living who really can't move. Now They want to move. You know, they've, their income has gone up, but they can't afford the next step, which I, I just don't get. But again, You can see that a lot of people are hanging out and moving to Nevada again. It just just makes sense uh, from a a business perspective, a I wanna get the biggest bang for my buck. Now, one of the things that happened here a lot when I first moved here is that builders were building houses in an incredible rate. It was was, everywhere you turn, there were new houses being built. And this chart shows you a little bit about this. What you're seeing here, here, let me get me out of that picture just for a sec, stand by. Uh, New residential permits and the volume of that. So this is the new houses that were being built per month. So every green line that you see, every vertical green line is a month. So for example, in 2000, or I'm sorry, in 2007, it looks like in January, 2007, they got permits to build just under 30,000 homes. This is for one month. So if you look at the first three months of 2007, it looks like almost 30, maybe 28, 25. So what is that? 75, 80,000 home permits were done for the first three months of 2007. (laughs) That's just crazy. And then look, At 2010, which is when things really started to go bad, it went from 30,000 new homes per month to uh, just about 5,000 new homes a month. Clearly, the builders were like, oh, shit, we've got to put the brakes on this. Now, what's interesting is watching this improve. Now, if we look at 2019 at the very end here, you've seen it's gone up a bit. but it's slightly slowing down. Right now we're at just about, what is that? About 10,000 new starts again. So much more reasonable than what we were having to deal with uh, before, right? All right, let's keep looking at this this housing thing. I think it's interesting. So what is happening to the age group? Uh, categories here in Las Vegas this I wasn't I wasn't uh, I didn't think was true (laughs) I didn't expect I was surprised by if you will so residents by age group and this is in Clark County so not all of Nevada just Clark County what's interesting is the two largest age groups and they're 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 bracketed by five years so from 25 to 29 and 30 to 34 those are the two largest age groups uh, here in Clark County See 157 plus 156,000 for those two groups. A little over 300,000 are in the 25 to 34. It's interesting um, how we drop off as we get older, which you would expect. But what's fascinating is there are 26,000 people who um, are 85 years or over <laughs> living in Las Vegas. I think that's fantastic. I'm hoping one day. I get in that 26,000 group, because that would be neat. Let's look at a different graph that makes it a little bit easier to get an idea of the the mix. What you're seeing here in this pie graph is that same distribution, but by a percentage. So if you look at the 45 and over, that's the red area. What you're seeing is that from 45 and over, that represents about 30 seven about 40 percent about 40 percent of folks here in clark county are 45 and over which means about 60 ish percent are younger so the aging of las vegas is definitely skewing younger than i expected it to be um and let me get my picture out of the way here and i'll show you that the average age here is 38.6 years old the median age is 37.9 and just as a reminder between the two uh, let me get out of the way there. Average means I take all the numbers, I divide it by the number of numbers, and that's my average. But median takes all the numbers, finds the middle number, and that's the median. So, for example, if I had five numbers, I was calculating, that third number, the one in the middle, would be the median price or the median age in this case. So again, we're we're much younger than I thought we were going to be. You now, given that I've you know I'm surrounded by Uh, three or i know of three age limited communities around here so i think that's good i think it's cool that um we're younger but the youngness of las vegas affects housing in las vegas infects affects affects how many people are buying houses and this gives you a good indication about that home ownership rates by age this is through the whole united states but it it holds true here as well of course Um, let me get out of the way here boink so, if you look for those who are under the age of 35, 35.4% own a home. So, basically, a third of people under the age of 35 in America own a home. But if you go from 35 to 44, that jumps to 60%. So, a huge jump just from that one deal. If I go from 45 to 54 years old, almost 70% own a home. 55 to 64, 75% own a home, about. And at 65 and over, basically 79%, almost 80% of people at that age own their own home. Pretty interesting to me. But what's more interesting is um, how often these houses are being sold. In other words, what's the uh inventory capabilities of the mls so what's the mls mls is the multiple listing service so when you go and find a house on realtor.com or zillow.com all of that information comes from the multiple listing service what we call the mls so all the realtors put that stuff in there, and then it gets distributed out to all their distribution partners or syndication partners, basically. And that's how you find it on Realtor.com and all that. Now, or yeah, Realtor.com. MLS has a whole bunch more information than we civilians see. Realtors see other things as well, like gate codes and, and those kind of things. But what's interesting here, for me at least, is the level of inventory. So the way people measure the MLS is... How much inventory is in at any given time and they measure that as if um, if no new houses came on how long would that inventory last so if I look at here we go this chart we will start at 2009 you can see in 2009 this is the slowdown right things were looking kind of bad the inventory at the MLS was eight and a half months in other words for If they added (laughs) no more houses, it would have taken eight and a half months to burn off that inventory based upon the rate people were buying houses. And back then, nobody was buying houses. That's why the inventory was so crappy. But notice in 2010, it started to pick up. In 2012, it really picked up. In 2012, the inventory only lasted a month which is unbelievably short. Like realtors freak out when they see that. Today, you'll see it's 2.7 months and it's starting again to get a little bit smaller. 2.7 is considered kind of reasonable, but you're seeing that it's beginning to accelerate a little bit. People are buying houses a little bit more faster than they were a couple, three months ago, which if you're a homeowner and you're looking to buy a house, that's pretty cool. But the real problem is, or the real question is, What does a house cost? We've talked about this many times. I find this to be fascinating here in Las Vegas because it's been all over the place. Here is what it costs for a new and existing home here in Las Vegas. And you can see that this chart has moved quite a bit uh, over the course of 12 years or so. So to give you guys an idea, it started in 2007, this chart does, And well, let me just go what it is today first. So today, the uh, new home median price is $390,000. So if you have $390,000, that's what it costs to buy a brand new home. You're the first person in there. Nobody's been in there. You get to pick out all the stuff and that's going to add about $50,000 more. And then you've got existing home prices, used homes, if you will. And the median price today is 265000 So you can see there's a what, $125,000 difference between buying a brand new home and buying a existing home. But where it gets interesting here is just the growth. First, they're both growing at about the same rate, uh, which is not the freakish rate that it was doing prior to 2003. Prior to 2003, you know, we bought a house in Up in Aliente, and that house uh, appreciated $100,000 in six months. And Melissa was like, holy crap, we've hit the gold mine. And I said, this is unsustainable. I I don't know what's going on here, but there's no possible way that this can be sustained. And there are people moving around us who have no business moving here. You You could just tell, I don't think they have the financial wherewithal to actually pull this off. Come to find out, I was right. You know, all these people started to get foreclosed on because they absolutely did not have the financial wherewithal to move around like they did, but they did because the bankers said they could. But here's what's kind of fun: looking at the price things used to be um, is very, very interesting. So right now, brand new house, three hundred ninety thousand, but the lowest it ever was, which is like two thousand ten or so, which I think is when um, my or uh, somebody said in the live chat they had bought their house in 2010 was that right let me just double check that yeah oh 2008 maya bought in 2008 yeah so maya bought at 2008 still a pretty high part 2010 a brand new home $200,000 but an existing home in 2012 $100,000 $100,000 now this explains why this chart happened the way it did. Look, 2010 you could get a ho- or 2012, you can get a house for 100,000 dollars. And then look at 2012, I'm going back to the MLS listing. In 2012, it barreled down to less than a month's inventory. Why? Because people were coming in and basically buying houses for cash. 100,000 dollars. Here you are. Bam. So all of a sudden, all these people were coming in as investors. And buying the crap out of these inventories. And again, we were number one, number one foreclosures, number one short sales. So there was tons of inventory hanging out here. And these guys were coming in when it was $100,000 and just going and picking those houses off. So, from an investment perspective, super super smart all right last thing i want to share with you guys about this and that has to do with the migrational habits of americans and i'm going to talk about i'm sorry that's not right it's the uh the the value of what a median house here uh here is compared to the other places here in the western side so this is i think fascinating to me major western housing market median single family sales price so we're looking at the west side of the country, basically, from Colorado West, in essence, and the number one most expensive metro area. No shock to anybody who's uh, paying attention to San Francisco. The median sales price for a house in San Francisco is is nine hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> nine hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars. You've got to be kidding me. That's insane. If you look at Las Vegas, the median price is $295. So that median price clearly is an average of both new homes and resale homes. But the thing that I think is important here, and the thing I think that helps drive the fact that so many people are moving to Las Vegas way more than these other cities, is if you again compare the quality of life and the cost of living. If I look at Las Vegas and I compare it to all the cities that are above it, there's no other city above Las Vegas that I'd want to live other than Las Vegas. I mean, Salt Lake City, please. Cold, icky. Portland, rainy. Uh, I don't think people shower that much. Denver, cold, snowy, forget it. Seattle, rainy, wet, miserable, high suicide rate, heroin all over the place. Uh, Los Angeles. Uh, you got to carry a gun while you're driving the freeway. And people are always pissed off there. San Diego. I was just in San Diego last week. It's nice, but it's cool. And I don't like cool. And San Francisco is insane to live in. I mean, again, the house poorness of San Francisco is not to be believed. So that explains to me why so many people come here. I have never regretted the idea of being in Las Vegas now. Uh, let's see. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. Mike in the live chat saying uh fake news that uh it really showers every day in uh <laughs> in, in uh Portland. Fair enough. I guess I was wrong. But again, that's why people are coming here. Uh I, the economy is strong, and, but it's not stupid strong. It's not like it looked like in 2004, 2005 where it looked like all oh, hell was Uh, break and lose in a good way. And then it all just, you know, fell apart. It's much more moderate now, but we are basically at zero unemployment basically, which means that if you have a skill set that is in need here, you're probably not going to have a hard time finding a job when ultimately is what you want to do. And if you do get a job here, the really good news is you don't have to make a whole lot of money to live a very nice lifestyle here in Las Vegas and to that I say let's have a drink 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 all right it's time for have a drink of me by the way I'd be interested in knowing in the live chat and for those of you who are listening or watching have you ever considered moving to Las Vegas if yes, why? If not, why not? I know a couple of people who have been in the live chat have thought about doing it, and then something changed their mind. Um, we thought about it. We probably considered it for about six months before we actually pulled the trigger and came out here and started looking around and buying. Um, and for us, it was a, a great opportunity for us to do that. But I'm interested. You know, I, I think it's a pretty compelling place to be. Uh, it's becoming more and more compelling, depending on the kinds of things that you care about. Uh, but I'd be interested in knowing if if you are thinking about or have ever considered about moving to Las Vegas. All right, have a drink on me. This is part of the show where I show you a picture of a bar or a speakeasy or a lounge, but never a club because I'm too old for that. And you guess what that club is. You send an email to Have a Drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Again, Have a Drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Uh, you send that guess to me, and we take that guess and and we, we hold it. And you say to yourself, okay, I, I, I want to have a chance to win, but I want to have multiple chances to win. And that's not greedy of you at all. You're, you want the best bet you can. I get it. Here's how you get multiple chances to get your name in the hat from which we pick a winner. First, you send in a correct answer. That's one way of getting in. If you're the very first correct answer, I'll put your name in twice. If you're in the live chat while we're doing this segment, I'll put your name in Again, if you send us the uh, uh, an intro video, I'll put your name in again. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, if you do a intro to the whole show, I'll put your name in again. So there's five opportunities. Did I do that right? Okay, you submit first one in live chat, intro to the show. Oh, an intro for the actual entry itself. That'll give you five chances to get here. Now, what do you win? Well, that's a good question as well. But this time, I'm going to let our friend Pops tell you what. You
1: can win. Let me tell you what you can win this week. This week's lucky Hadam winner can choose any one of three amazing Scott Chris guitar CDs. Christmas Acoustic 1, Christmas Acoustic 2, or Gajazathon. Proudly displayed here by Bob, Undisputed King of the Video Haddam Entry. Welcome back, Bob. Or you can choose the comfortable and stylish Vegas Video Network Visor like these lucky winners. Available in the standard black and sometimes in the rare, hard-to-find red, popular with the ladies and the Russians. Or, you can choose the premium prize package. The next time you're going to be in Vegas, you can arrange an evening of sophistication and class with the man himself, the guru of all things Vegas, Scott Whitney. Hey. Well, okay, at least drinks, laughs, and some priceless conversation. Send your entry into habit Drink at vegasvideonetwork.com. vegasvideonetwork.com.
0: Thank you, Pups. All right.
1: You All
0: right, let's look at last week's Have a Drink on Me. Kind of remind you guys of what the uh, property was. This was oh, <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sorry. Under a lot of pressure. You know, one of the things that happens, we mentioned that you get uh, a hat, drinks, Neat things, But one of the things that, that Pops mentioned is you get this very cool visor, right? comes in black like my heart or red like your heart, like this. But what you can do if you win this visor is you take yourself a picture. You send that picture into me, and I take a look at it and go, oh, my God, that is a handsome man or a striking woman. But I take that, and I put it in a group. A group, you say? A group, I say. And what is that group called? Well, they're called the Galaxy of God. There's Gregor and Bill, Mr. Testy and Sam, Ozzy, Dave, Steve, Michael, Bob and Rosie and then there's Scott and Michael, but and Mickey and Alan and Aaron who are, what? They're nudists, see, there they are. There's Bob and his wife and Danny and Shannon, not Jen, Greg, Glenn, Jimmy, Bob and then there's Ken and Stuart and Christina who's all babies are because of my music and there's Don and Jackie and Mike Hello! And, and then there's Bob and Sammy and Carol and Adol- and Chris, and then there is Brett's dad and your buddy Scott, and then there's Wayne and of course our good buddy. Dan. All righty. all right. Now we can get to it. Here's last week's "Have a Drink on Me." Let's take a look. Kind of a cool place. There it is and the hints were a bar focused on cosplay or cosplay of all types number two hint was got part of its name from a falcon like spacecraft and part three was another part of the name is used to refer to a subculture composed of fans characterized by a feeling of empathy and camaraderie when others who share a common. it's called the millennium fandom bar it's downtown actually right next to my head Dallas people pretty cool play all right let's get to it we had 13 out of 13 and we have an upset ladies and gentlemen i think in the uh, live chat Ozzie deb had mentioned that her uh, she said her email program fell over whatever that means that's some weird let me see something here do 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 let me see. What? Oh, good job, Scott. Yeah, okay. <laughs> good thing you have to be smart to run your own company. All right. So, our number one entry Terry Ringnir, also known as Huron Designer, one for the correct answer. Quite the upset. Huron. One for being the first correct answer. And another one for being in the live chat. Already a triple. Come on, that's fantastic. Well done. Next up we've got Danny Ackerman who asked her, am I, am I first, am I first, am I first? No, you're actually third. Somebody was second, but the guess was wrong, and then she corrected herself. Next up, we got Mike from the Cove, One for the correct answer. Mike from the Couve is also in the live chat. So he gets a double your pleasure, double your fun. Next, we've got Sam Jaxi. One for the correct answer. We've got Mr. Testy. One for the correct answer. And one for being in the live chat a la da La-da-da. We've got Ozzy Deb finally in there. Number six or number seven, email problems. See, even in Australia, they have email problems, but one for the correct answer. And Ozzie Deb gets one for being in the live chat. She's not going to let email stop her from having fun all the way in the other side of the world. Are you Ozzie Deb? No, of course not. Hell no. And we continue. We've got Binky, one for the correct answer. I think I saw Binky in the live chat. Did I not? Did I see her in there? I thought I did. I'm going to say I did. Okay. I'll put Binky aside. Let me know if, if she's in there. I don't see her right out there. It's kind of scrolling by. Next, we've got Bob Thomas from St. Augustine Florida. a previous Haddam winner. Way to go, Bob. Johnny Five, also known as Tep Scott. Uh, congratulations. Is Johnny Five in there? Nope. We've got uh, Andy in New Hampshire, who I met for a Haddam this last Monday over at the Peppermill. Haven't been to Pepper Mill for a while. It is exactly as you remember it. One for the correct answer. We've got Dale, also known as Blackjack Bolin. One for the correct answer. And we've got phase jitter. One for the correct answer. Phase jitter. One for being in the live chat. There we go. And then finally, our final contestant, Mad Chipmunk. One for the correct answer. Mad Chipmunks in the live chat. Telling you this is the way to do it, folks. Get yourself in the live chat. Radically improve your chances of win, win, winning. All right. Let's go take a look and see what we got here. A lot of he, a ha. All right. And our winner and champion is, let's take a look. Mr. Testy, everybody! Congratulations, Mr. Testy. You have won yourself a drink on your buddy Scott, or a visor, or one of my music CDs. Okay, he's a previous winner as well. Why don't we call him Mr. Testy? Maybe he can remind everybody. <laughs> okay, let's look at this week's "Have a Drink on Me," shall we? Point. Here we go. Here are our hints. Hint number one. I have live-streamed a donkey, a llama, and an alpaca from one of their three locations here in Las Vegas. I have actually live-streamed a donkey, llama, and alpaca from one of their three locations. Hit number two. If you were birthed somewhere and grew up there, you're said to be, quote, the name of this bar. Hit number two, if you were birthed somewhere and you grew up there, you're said to be, quote, the name of this bar. And finally, hit number three, the three letters used for their logo reflect the exact thing that they are. The three letters used for their logo reflects exactly what they are. If you know who this is, send the email to have a drink at vegasvideonetwork.com. All right, I got a few more minutes before we wrap up here. wanted to share a couple things that I thought were interesting. First and foremost, we have a new show. We've got a couple new shows coming, maybe one, two, three more new shows, but this most recent one is a show called What the Cluck with Vinay. Uh, for those of you who might remember, we had Vinay on the show a couple, three episodes ago, super nice guy, uh, and he's uh, done a couple shows now. Really fun show. Basically, it opens up. It's kind of like a Bill Maher show. Opens up with some topical stuff, like the set that you're seeing here. That monitor behind him has different images, and he talks about daily, you know, the news stuff. Uh, And then he goes into a uh, a group talk between himself and two other guests, and they just talk about, you know, you know, current events, that kind of stuff. Um, Pretty good stuff. Lots of good feedback, except for one person, which was uh, Pops. He did not like it because he trashed Trump, uh, and uh, Pops is a big Trump guy. Uh, but this year, of this last episode, uh, Vin had his dad on, Vinny, who's a Republican, and they actually, you know, kind of got into it a little bit. About it was all, you know, pleasant. There were no blows thrown or anything, but uh, it was interesting to have a clearly a Republican guy, and then of course. Uh, some Democrats running around. So I I highly recommend checking out Vin's show. And by the way, he's just the nicest guy (laughs) ever. So uh, if nothing else, support it because he's a nice guy. And the last thing, a little inside scoop for you. Um, As some of you know, uh, Hell's Kitchen is being shot here in Las Vegas for this season. And uh, many of you have been to Hell's Kitchen here in Vegas. It's in the front of Caesars. Nice restaurant. We've been there. uh, We were there with the Santas, as a matter of fact. It was fine. It was enjoyable. It's a good place. Uh, But here's what it's not. It's not the place where Hell's Kitchen is being shot. What? Yeah. uh, You would think that they would shoot Hell's Kitchen at Hell's Kitchen in Las Vegas. No, it's not. Here's where they're shooting it. This is the actual uh, exterior for the Hell's Kitchen show. It's just outside in a, uh, it's kind of a warehouse-y space behind Bally's. So what you're seeing here, it's a little hard to see, but if you look real carefully, you'll see there's Gordon Ramsay uh, making some kind of dish for uh, a bunch of chef-type people looking at him. This is pretty funny because this is right by where I parked when I was going to, uh, uh, working at the studio that I built over at Bally's, and uh, I see... These guys lined up. I see the the you know the, the faux exterior, all Hell's Kitchen. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I go walking over there with my camera out, and my phone out, and and these security guys come up to me and say, you know, you can't. They yell at me. You can't do that. I'm like, <laughs> what, the, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm in the I'm in a parking lot. I can do whatever I want. So took a shot. Hey hey hey. What are you gonna do? Nothing. Uh, but it's, to me, it's fascinating that they don't shoot Hell's Kitchen at Hell's Kitchen. It just seems wrong to me. Uh, but anyways, now you know that when you watch Hell's Kitchen, if you do watch that show, they're shooting it behind Bally's. So if you look at Bally's on the Strip, you know Bally's is on the corner of Flamingo and Las Vegas Boulevard. If you come down east on Flamingo, behind Bally's, you'll see the Hell's Kitchen, the exterior for Hell's Kitchen. Cool? All right. That's it, everybody. All right. Thanks, everybody, for playing along couple ways you can reach out to us and we would love for you to do so. You can send us an email to onairq at livinginlv.com livinginlv.com of course we're on all the social media stuff you can leave us a voicemail by going to our website we're on iTunes hey if you are watching us or listening to us on iTunes give us a five star review we're on the I, or the, uh, the YouTube give us a thumbs up share us with your friends give us a nice comment we're on Roku over 80,000 accounts installed Stitcher tune in Spotify broadcast at Google Fire TV Google Play and of course the Vegas Video Network website that's it we'll see you guys in a couple weeks here on the Vegas Video Network take care everybody